0: Hello and welcome to this episode of Coaching Chaos. I'm Shari Reynolds. It's starting to get cold outside and I'm wrapped in a blanket and I just wanna go jump into a hot shower and start my day. And yet I can't, there is something that is pulling and tugging on my heart to share with you the thoughts that I've had. As I reflect upon my reading of my scriptures and my general conference talk that I am going to share with you today, and it's taken from General Conference um, 365, Gen Con 365. That's um, an Instagram page that I follow and she finds conference talks that align right with the Come Follow Me program. And this one is amazing and amazing to me because of the year that it was written, that it was spoken. And um, I'm going to Leave that for you to tell me what year you think it was written. Just send me a quick text or post it on my Facebook page at Shari Reynolds or um, on my Instagram page at Coach and Chaos. Tell me what year, without cheating, what year you think this conference talk was written. Um, I'm curious to know. And I'm trying to think, should I send you a little... Award for guessing the correct year, and I think that might be kind of fun because it really is astounding. I had to keep checking to see what year this conference talk was given. Um, it's mind boggling, it's mind boggling, and you'll see exactly why I think that it is. But I first want to share with you a post that my friend yesterday who is not a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints her name is Kim Kramer Kim Kramer Pauls and I went to high school with her sister she's her sister Amber was my best friend and I follow her sister and I love the things that she posts all of the time it's uplifting and encouraging and it's about the Savior and how we can improve our lives because we we follow the Savior so I loved what she posted yesterday and it's a great introduction to my podcast today and she calls it the great erase leprosy messes with you with your body's sensitivity until it no longer connects allowing your body to not feel properly the result is you little by little erasing parts of your body Sin messes with your soul's sensitivity until it no longer connects, allowing you to not distinguish between right and wrong. The devil is genius at desensitizing us, making us become apathetic and unflinching at the things that God that grieve God's heart. So she suggests that we more than ever align ourselves with God and don't allow the devil to erase the promptings we have of, from the Holy Spirit to help us turn from our sin and to seem to see sin for what it is and she calls it it's easy as repenting and recalibrating. I love that. And so I'm reading from Mormon Mormon 1 and that's part of the general Com- uh, come follow me program this week. And Mormon talks about the great wickedness that did prevail upon the face of the whole land insomuch that the Lord did take away his beloved disciples and the work of miracles and healing did cease because of the iniquity of the people and there were no more gifts from the Lord and the Holy Ghost was not upon the land because of the great wickedness of unbelief and I was thinking about Kim's post and in how leprosy she metaphorically compares that to sin that uh, leprosy causes us to not be able to feel ourselves or feel our body feel our, our joints our movement our, our nervous system is, is being attacked and sin attacks our spirit where we can come to the point <clears throat> that we no longer feel the repercussions of sin the consequences of sin cause us to not feel any longer the Holy Ghost prompting us that this is wrong. And so that is what happened during this time that Mormon was, that he was living and he was witnessing the destruction of his people. And he said, I did endeavor to preach unto this people, but my mouth was shut and I was forbidden that I should preach unto them for behold, they had willfully rebelled against their God. But I did remain among them but I was forbidden to preach unto them because of the hardness of their hearts and because of the hardness of their hearts the land was cursed and the Gadianton robbers who were among the Lamanites did infest the land so much that they began to hide up their treasures in the earth but because the Lord has promised that if we are wicked that they will become slippery in our hands and and we will not have hold upon those things any longer and there became sorceries and witchcrafts and magic and the power of the evil one was wrought upon all the face of the land even unto fulfilling of all the words of abinadi and samuel the lamanite now I'm going to go right into the conference talk, and I'm not going to tell you the year that it was given, but it's called "Warnings from the Past," and I'm going to read you little bits of this, and you're going to be like me. Oh my goodness, when was this written? And he says, "Now our modern nations have succeeded them regarding Mormon." He's referring back to the Nephites when those lands were, when those people were destroyed. Now, our modern nations have succeeded them in the occupancy of this hemisphere. Much of the corruption, which is common among us today, resembles in striking detail the degradation that afflicted them. In most of the Americas, for example, we have an advancing crime rate, which is staggering to say the least, reaching the public of more than $40 billion in the United States. Our moral collapse is appalling, but surprisingly many attempt to justify it. Within recent weeks of the highest officials of a leading Christian denomination publicly announced that he favors premarital relationships between young people, and his speech was carried internationally by the Associated Press. Because of this promiscuity, promiscuity, the dreaded social diseases have reached an epidemic stage. One health official said that actually they have surpassed epidemic proportions, and he called the condition a plague. These social diseases now affect more people than any communicable disease except the common cold. It is one of our best known western city health officials estimate that 1 in every 10 persons between the ages of 14 and 25 have a venereal disease. And it is recently said that easy abortion has now removed the stigma from immorality making free sex even freer still. While millions accept promiscuity as a new way of life and excuse adultery, even though it wrecks marriages and breaks up homes at the same time, we make it illegal to offer prayer in some of our public places. And he continues, while we teach sex in schools and publicly portray the vilest of filth on the movie screen, we virtually make it criminal of a school teacher who would bring a Bible into the classroom or who might ask the students to recite the Lord's Prayer. So far, he says, have we lost our sense of values? Okay, what year was this written? So, some Americans protest reference against church attendance in most denominations. It's falling off at a rapid rate. And Bible sales are down 25%. And some members of the clergy have lost their faith. The Almighty has provided that we should observe a sacred Sabbath day each week, yet we have flouted this law to His face, and most of us has turned this holy day into one of pleasure or business as usual, and yet the Sabbath day was given as a symbol of allegiance to our Creator. And then He says how true it is that first we pity, then endure, then embrace the repeated and oftentimes acceptable now. Sins that were once unacceptable. And he says that a generation ago, Roger Babson, at the time of one of our leading economists, said only religion can prevent democratic rule from developing into mob rule. A nation can only prosper as its citizens are religious, intelligent, capable of service, and eager to render it. Abraham Lincoln told the people of his day that America need no fear danger from without. If danger were ever to threaten the United States, it will come from within. As a nation of free men, we must live through all time or die by suicide. Just by how we conduct our lives, He says, <clears throat> we have grown in numbers, wealth and power, but we have forgotten God. It behooves us then to humble ourselves before the offended, power to confess our national sins and to pray for clemency and forgiveness. And it was George Washington, our first president at his inaugural address that said, we ought to be no less persuaded than the propitious smiles of heaven can ever be expected on a nation that disregards the eternal rules of order and right which heaven itself has ordained. Can we relax and feel at ease because we take out insurance against earthquakes and fire and storm damage that the prophets have warned us will come? Can an insurance policy prevent a hurricane or an earthquake? No. We cannot trifle with eternal rules. So what do we do when we are doing the best that we can in our own homes? What do we do when we watch our own children Step away from the warnings of the prophets and the teachings of the of the gospel of Jesus Christ the teachings of their parents What can we do when our own spouse steps away and we watch the The community of which we live in continually decline and on the news The division and the, and the intolerance and the hatred and the fighting that is going on brother to brother What do we do? Another friend posted this on her Facebook page, and this is what we can do. She says, I know, I know, you've already asked him a million times. I see those eyes rolling, but today ask him a million and one times more. Yes, ask him again. Ask him again for that child to come home, that marriage to be healed, that mountain to move. Ask him again for that friendship to mend that work to begin, the end of tunnel light to appear. Ask him again for the one who needs rescue, the one who needs healing, the one who needs new direction, new guidance, new focus, yes, even that one is you. Ask him again for what you need, for what you want, for joy in the sorrow, for help in the struggle, a sip of living water in the heat of your schedule, and the time to just sit at the well amen yes ask him again ask him again to provide springs in your land and while you're at it give thanks for that land no matter how dry it is now knowing he's given it to you with good purpose yes ask him again ask him again to dig up the soil and plant the seeds ask him again to stir up and settle and make and remake and pour out his peace that passes all understanding because frankly You could use a hefty dose about now? Yes. And amen. Ask Him again for all that seems lost and all that seems nowhere even near the city of possible. And ask Him believing He can. And yes, ask Him again, not because you don't think He heard you the first million times, but because you are realizing that the longer you truly live that persistence is a pretty strong faith builder not to mention how close it keeps you to him for whom all things are possible and nothing is too hard and because faith-based strength to persevere in closeness with your creator is what you really need yes ask him absolutely ask him again with fresh eyes and renewed spirit and passionate resolve that He will, He can, and it's His will, He will. And if it's not, you will keep on asking, you will keep on seeking, you will keep on believing because persistence, faith, is where it's at. It fastens its gaze on hope, the hope that is always three steps, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, ahead, providing the perfect focal point. Yes, and it never disappoints. Amen. So today, low, look up and again, ask him again. And I don't know who this was from, but my friend posted this on her Facebook page and it says that it was unknown. And so in the middle of our strife, in the middle of our family Our communities, our neighbor, our best friends, our spouse, falling away from the very thing that has been warned us to not fall away from. Who can we return to? Where can we return to? No other but our Father in heaven and His Son, our Savior Jesus Christ, who we can always turn to for peace. And I sent this. Post to my sister and said to her, "You are always unwavering when it comes to asking him again and again and again." And she has seen miracles, one right after the other, because of her persistence, her faith, her determination to be in the temple, and placing her children on the the rolls of the of the temple prayer roll. She has been persistent as she has seen miracles take place within our family, within her own family, praying relentlessly for their return to what is truth. And she says, that is what you don't read in the scriptures is how long the prayers were given before there was an answer. Prophets spent a lot of time praying and waiting for answers. We know he hears them, but we just have to let the wheels roll into position. Thank you, Yvette. She's always been my rock. Even though I am her older sister, I should be her rock. She has been my rock. So who can control such awesome forces of tempests and earthquakes and hurricanes, whirlwinds? Who can control the awesome forces of people sinning upon sinning upon sinning? Who is the God of nature? Who stood in a a storm-tossed boat with a group of frightened fishermen by simply saying, peace be still, and the wind abated and there came a great calm? Who? Only one, Jesus. I want to be on his boat. I will always be on his boat. leave these things with you this day and hoping that you will always be in the boat with me and please share these words so we can have others join us in this boat and take a look at that beautiful conference talk called warnings from the past and let me know what year that it was written and it will astound you because this is our day today and 100 times worse Please join me in the boat and never leave that boat. Thank you so much for joining me this day. In this episode of Coaching Chaos, I am Shari Reynolds.